Learn how to build your faith in God's Word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the Senior Pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's Word to work for you. Big praise! Woo! Glory to God! Hallelujah! God is such a good God. Come on, shake somebody on your right and your left. Give them a warm, warm, warm handshake this morning. Shake someone, shake someone, shake someone. Warm handshake. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can't hear you. Praise the Lord. Oh, glory to God. All right. We've been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul said, I thank my God, I pray in tongues more than you all. Paul was giving us one of his secrets. He said, I pray in tongues more than you all. That's why Paul was the most effective of all the apostles. That was one of his secrets. He came later than them, but he overtook all of them. He came later than them. The first 12, which now later became 11, had the privilege of walking with Jesus physically on the earth. And they started before him. He met Jesus later, but he overtook all of them. In fact, he was so effective and great that Peter said, the wisdom God has given Paul is hard to understand. That's Peter, the most senior of the apostles. He too agreed that Paul was operating at a higher level. Somebody get what I'm saying? Peter said that. He said the wisdom Paul, God has given Paul is it's on a new level. And Paul said one of his secrets is that I pray in tongues more than you all. Are you here somebody? If you are going to make advancement in spiritual things, then you must make a habit of praying in tongues. When you see a weak Christian, he's not praying in tongues. When you see a confused Christian, he's not praying in tongues. Because that is our access to the supernatural. It's our access to the spiritual. So if you still don't understand these things, you need to get the whole series. Listen to them. There's nothing you can't overcome when you switch to the spiritual. There's nothing you can't overcome. Hallelujah. I thank my God speaking tongues more than you all. Glory to God. Whenever you are stranded, you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to pray, pray in tongues. Anybody that prays in tongues regularly, we always have access to divine wisdom. Even in the place of prayer, you would, you would pray till you have wisdom on how to pray. You would, you would pray till you have wisdom on what to do. Somebody getting this? There's so much you can alter in the spirit by praying in tongues. So much you can alter in your life. When you are stranded, you are praying on, on, on weak, understanding prayers. Hallelujah. And one of the benefits too of praying in tongues is that Satan cannot understand it. It's coded language. He can't get it. Glory to God. When you pray and understand it, Satan can hear that one too. He hears English. 
But when you go into the Spirit, he doesn't know what's going on himself. Today we're going to deal with the misconceptions of praying in tongues. We'll deal with that today. The next Sunday, we're going to now minister the Holy Spirit. If you're here and you don't yet pray in tongues, um, I want you to begin to desire it already. Begin to declare that by next Sunday when they lay hands and pray for people, that you too will receive. No matter your age, my mother in the village prays in tongues. My mother in the village prays in tongues. So, I don't know how old you are here, but if you're senior high, it can't be by much. <laughs> you can pray in tongues, sir. At any age you are. Then if you are even young, your own, you still have plenty of life ahead of you that you will need tongues for. So, I don't even know what you are waiting for. If an old man in the village is praying in tongues. You here in Lagos, Wahala, you are speaking English. Oh God, oh God, remove traffic. Oh God, oh God, remove Nepal. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to switch into the spirit. The problems you are facing are bigger than that English you are speaking. Are you here, somebody? Too many times we pray in the dark. We pray amiss, shooting on targets that is not our target. But when you go into the spirit, you always pray according to the will of God. Are you here, somebody? So if you don't pray in tongues yet, next Sunday, don't miss it for anything. We're going to be ministering to you, you know, uh, and all that. So you can keep, start desiring it now. If I start confessing it to your mouth now that by the time they pray for you next Sunday, you will pray in tongues. And if you're here and they've prayed for you before you didn't speak, don't worry. When there's a corporate anointing, it's better. Or you're here, you've been filled before, but somehow you find it hard to pray in tongues. Great. When you're in a corporate anointing, it helps. Praise God. Um, I, I did not receive the Holy Ghost as fast as other people. In fact, the interesting thing was that I was praying for other people to be filled with the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues, and I was not yet praying in tongues. I, it was very frustrating. I was tired. But one day when I was in a corporate anointing, all right, it was a gathering of ministers, and there was such a strong anointing, and I flowed. Do you understand? So, corporate anointing helps. That's why Jesus always said things like, where there are two or more, I am there in their midst. It's not because he's not with them when they're alone. He's trying to say there's a stronger presence when two or more people gather in his name. Do you understand, guys? Okay. So, misconceptions. I have to move fast because I have about seven to touch. So, I'll do it. I might not be able to go in-depth, in-depth. I'll just touch it as fast as I can. Mm, let me start. Number one, the first misconception people have is that they believe that praying in tongues is a language that you learn, like the way you learn English and Yoruba and French. So they think it is something that is coming from your head that you will learn, that you will go to school, they will put board, and say, say, la, say, la, ba, say, la, ba, la, ba. Some people think that's what praying in tongues is. No, no. It's not a language you learn like in English or I mean like you learn other languages, no. Um, the Bible says, let's look at John chapter 7. It says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Now, anywhere in the Bible you see the word belly being referred to a spiritual thing or you see heart, um, what they are describing is your spirit. Is somebody getting this? Um, Everybody, by now, if you're in this church, you know that every human being is made up of three parts. We are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Do you understand this, guys? We are all spirits. That's why we will never die. You can exit this world, but you really don't die. Then you also move to eternity. If you're born again, you go to heaven. If you're not born again, you go to hell. But human beings don't die. They can exit this natural world, but they don't die. Is somebody get what I'm saying? 
That's why we as Christians must keep preaching the gospel to people. Because of your friends or relatives or uncles or parents, if they are not born again, they will go to hell. I'm sorry. That's why you must preach to them. It's a matter of life and death. And they will spend eternity there. There's no second chance. There's no, let me, I'm sorry, now let me come back. We saw stories in the Bible where that rich man, Lazarus, that rich man said, I want to go back. They say, my brother, it's finished. Somebody getting what I'm saying, sir? So, whenever you see the word belly or heart, what they are referring to, they're not talking about the part of you that pumps blood. They're not talking about where there's beans and ever. What they're referring to is your spirit because your spirit is down here. Your spirit is down here. So, in the Bible, sometimes they use the word belly to refer to your spirit because that's the region where your spirit is. Your mind is up here. That's simple. Everybody knows that one. Your mind is what? Up here. Because it's linked to your brain. So your mind is... That's why when people are in exam hall and they're trying to cram or remember something, what they do, they look up. They are trying to draw it from here because it's here. In the spirit, when you're trying to gain direction, you look down. Because it's here. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That's why some of you have not been able to be guided or led by God because you're always looking up here. No, God is not speaking to your mind. God is speaking to your spirit. They say God himself is a spirit and those that relate with him must do so in spirit and in truth. So when you are praying or whatever, this is where you should look at. It's here. The direction is going to come into your spirit. Okay, I don't have time to go into all these things as deeply as I would like. But um, the Bible says, um, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of where? The belly. They don't, they're not talking about where there's beans and ever. They're referring to your spirit. So they're talking about your spirit man. It's down here. Okay, so, if you can't find that one, go to John chapter 7, um, from 36, I think. John 7, let's see from 36. Okay, go to verse 37. It says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying what? I can't hear you guys. Saying what? If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, next Sunday, we'll show you the power, the importance of thirst. You must desire this thing. God can't force it on you. The Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit, so you must thirst. That's a crucial part, but last for next week. Next verse. It says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, what? Out of where? Do you understand this? So they don't mean where there's eba and beans and yam. Okay? They say out that they are describing your spirit. Say out of his belly, what they mean is his belly region, it's your spirit, um, shall flow what? Rivers of living water. What is one of the things that water does for you? What does water do for you? Water quenches your thirst. Water refreshes you. When people are um, running a race or whatever and they're tired, they pour water on themselves. So it strengthens you, refreshes you. Water also cleans you. Somebody getting this? These are part of the benefits of praying in tongues that we studied last week. You can't miss, if you're a Christian, you don't have this. You are literally not even in, in you don't understand what we're even doing. You're literally not, 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 not touching the real things of the Spirit. You you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Look at this, guys. He said, so out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. So the beauty of it is that the water coming out of your spirit is living water. Not just on water, it's living water. Next verse, next verse. 
He said, but this spake he of what? The Spirit. He was talking about the Spirit. He said, which day that believe on him should what? Receive. So they now explain that at that particular time, the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay? But he was already telling them what was to come. Because the Holy Ghost only came when Jesus left. Do you understand that? So he was trying to tell them, look, a time is going to come out of your belly will flow rivers of living waters. So it's not a language that comes from our head. It flows from our spirits. It flows from our spirits. In Acts of the Apostles, another place where people prayed in tongues, they always made it clear that they all speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit gives you utterance, but you do the speaking. It gives you utterance. So it comes from your spirit. Okay? So that's the first misconception. It's not a language that we learn. It's the Spirit flowing from within us. Is the Spirit flowing from within. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it flows out, but the language of the Spirit is praying in tongues. I told you last week that English is not God's language. Unlike what people thought. English is not God's language at all. God is a Spirit. He has no natural language. He just communicates in a way you can understand. For some people that don't speak English, they, they worship and pray in their own language. Do you understand? The Bible was not even written in English. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. The Bible was not written in English. English is not God's language. God's language is praying in the spirit because he is a spirit. Okay, I don't want to waste time on anything so I'm, because I have seven points. I want to move a bit as fast as I can. So that's first misconception. Second misconception. Some people believe that praying in tongues have ceased. They say, oh, pastor, it has ceased. It was in those days that people prayed in tongues in Acts of the Apostles, but now it has ceased. Well, there's no such scripture that says that ceased. The only scripture people misquote or misinterpret to look like it has ceased, you see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 8. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 8. Some people believe that praying in tongues have ceased. And this is the scripture they quote. And you will see that it's just a total misinterpretation of scripture. It says charity, which means love, okay? Love never faileth. It said, but whether there be what? Prophecies, they shall what? Fail. Whether there be what? Tongues, they shall what? Cease. Whether there be what? Knowledge, it shall what? Okay, so stop there first. So bring it back, DJ. So um, these people believe that, oh, the Bible said knowledge, them tongues have ceased. If you look at, you have to interpret scripture in, in the whole thing. Has prophecies ceased? Those people too believe, yes, prophecy have ceased. Okay, great. Prophecy have ceased, tongues have ceased. Um, has knowledge ceased? Even the very fact that you're telling us that tongues have ceased, that's knowledge. So you will know that that's not what they're trying to say. Okay? You can interpret scripture. That's not what they're trying to say. So, but to go further, next verse. Next verse. It says, for we know in part, and we what? Prophesy in part. So they were trying to paint a picture here. They are saying, um, they were referring to a future time. They said right now, we only know in part. But they were saying a time is going to come when we won't need prophecy. The reason why somebody is prophesying to you now is because you don't know fully what's going on. So somebody has to prophesy to you. 
the reason why somebody's teaching you now, giving you knowledge, is because you don't know fully what's going to happen. But they say time is going to come when you won't need prophecies because if you don't know, when we all die and become um, like God and become like Jesus and, and go to heaven, you won't need anybody to teach you because then you'll be operating at the realm of perfect knowledge. You will know everything. You will meet people that you've never met and you know everything you need to know about them. And if you get what I'm saying. Because in the realm of the spirit, there's no limitation. All our limitation is here on the earth. In the spirit, there's no limitation. That's why sometimes you have a dream and there's nobody that interpreted the dream, but you just knew somebody in the dream was bad. Nobody told you, you knew somebody in the dream was good. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Because when you are in the realm of the spirit, you have knowledge. You just know. You're just somebody and you know. So they were referring to a future time when we are no longer here. They say right now we know things in part. So we need to prophesy in part because that's how we know things. Okay, continue. It says, next verse. But when that which is what? Perfect is come. Do you see this? They are referring to a future time when the perfect comes. The perfect has not come yet. He said, when that perfect time comes, look at this. Um, then that which is in part shall what? You don't have a way When we reach heaven, you don't need to prophesy to me. You don't have a, there will be no Sunday school, there will be no church for somebody to teach you the Bible. You, 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 you'll, be seeing, you'll be seeing Jesus face to face. Somebody got what I'm saying? In fact, they even, they even said it there. Look at it. Go on. He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. He said, but when I became a man, I put away what? Childish things. Next verse. He said, for now, now we see through what? A glass. Darkly. You know, most of the things we know, we just know it in power. We don't really know fully. That's why we keep growing every day. Abi? Because we don't know fully. How you were five years ago is not how you are now if you are born again. You keep growing, you're understanding better. They say we, we see things only in part. But then, that time, we will do what? See face to face. You will see Jesus. You will see God. You will see angels. Hallelujah. Some of you now, you don't know you have angels. Then you will know. Because you will see him. He will say, I was with you every time. Even that time you were worried I was there. Even that time you thought you would win, I was there. I knew you would always win. Hallelujah. You will see, you will know face to face. Next verse. DJ, you have, okay. He said, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then, um, um, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then um, face to face. Say, now I know in part, but then I, I, shall, shall I know even what as I am known. Perfect knowledge. Somebody get what I'm saying. So, there's no way they are talking there that tongues have ceased. That's not what they are talking about at all. Let me see verse 12. Is this verse 12? Oh, yes, so that verse 12 is the end. No, verse 12 is the end. All right, so, so he couldn't have seized, okay? We understand that, Abby? All right, because this is what happens to many people. They misinterpret <laughs> scriptures a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. One of the things you must never do, don't allow, don't allow <laughs> your carpenter uh, interpret your doctor's report. <laughs> Can you say, look, <laughs> I had one joker saying that uh, David, David uh, killed people in the Bible and some churches are calling themselves uh, David. That I said, who, who, is this, who is this Bushman and Joker? <laughs> Jesus himself called himself the root of David. You, you don't, this one doesn't understand what we're saying. <laughs> he, said, he said, David is not a Christian. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <out. laughs> he said, David is not a Christian. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's one thing to be ignorant. I like to be bold inside ignorance. 
That one is, is a new level altogether. Let me move on, Jerry. Where are we now? Number three, Abby. Number three, um, on that common misconception people have is that some tongues, some people pray in tongues, it's Satan that gave them the tongues. It's tongues of Satan. Because we don't know who is who. <laughs> you better start knowing who is who. See, we don't know who is who. You can pray now, and the tongues you get is tongue of Satan. Who have you met that has tongue of Satan? But let's, let's look at the Bible. Luke chapter 11, from verse 11. The Bible is a very complete book. The problem is that sometimes people that are not anointed or called or trained try to interpret it, and they just interpret rubbish. But the Bible in itself is very perfect. If you are yielded to the Spirit, you can't approach it just from your head. You need to approach it from your heart, okay? Look at this. It says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him what? A stone. Or if he ask a fish, will he give him what? I can't hear you. Will he give him what? Now, um, I hope you know in Bible interpretation, you know usually what the serpent connotes, Abi. We all know that, Abi. From Genesis, the first time you saw serpent, who was he representing? So that's simple. There's a, there's a principle of first mention. When you see something appear for the first time in Scripture, that's usually the identity, or the main identity it carries, okay? That's simple. All right. So it says, if you ask for a fish, will you give him, for a fish, give him a serpent? Next verse. It says, or if he asks you for an egg, will you offer him what? A scorpion? Next verse. He said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, say, how much more shall your heavenly Father give what? Holy Spirit to them that ask him. So God is saying, why would you ask me for Holy Ghost and you think I will give you serpent? Why would you think that? They say, how much more your Father, when you ask him for the gift of praying in tongues, the gift of the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a serpent, he's not going to give you a snake, why, or Satan. Why are you thinking like that? Why do you have so much faith in what Satan can give you than in what God can give you? So a believer that asks for the gift from God to pray, pray in the spirit cannot get a serpent, cannot get a scorpion. Are you getting this, guys? You, what you will get is the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. I think that's quite short and easy, Abby. Number what? Number four, another popular misconception people have is that we must understand what we are saying. Why are we saying something we don't understand? What's blah, 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 blah. What does it mean? I don't understand. I can't really say what I understand. <laughs> I, read, I read one definition. I was doing one research on something, so I read one definition. When I saw layman's definition and technical definition, I fear. I wish I could show you, but let me read it. It's, but it's better if you read, if you saw it yourself. Let me, let me just do it. It's not part of the message, but it was so interesting that uh, I was looking for the definition of genes. Gene, you know, your genes. See, they write in formal use, and this is for lay people. They said a unit of hereditary, of her, 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 heredity, which is transferred from a parent to offspring and is held to determine some characteristic of the offspring. They say, example, playing tennis is in the genes. They say, in technical use, they hear now, a distinct sequence of nucleotides 
forming part of a chromosome, the order of which determines the order of monomers in a polypartide or nucleic and acid molecule, which is a cell or virus may synthesize. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Let's stay with English, please. <laughs> Can we stay with the English, please? <laughs> so this is what happens when a carpenter wants to interpret scripture. The technical terms are only left for people that are technically trained. If they give me and you layman, we'll just interpret rubbish. So this is what happens when a Jew man just comes and just says rubbish. Just, it's more technique, just talk rubbish. <laughs> it, it, it blessed me when I saw it. I had to screen grab it. I'm going to use it. It just blessed me. That, so this, you know, tech, some things are technical. That's the truth. They are experts in everything. You need to submit yourself to them when you get there. Don't try to form hard man. Okay? But that's not today's gist. Let me go. But what was I saying before? What were we doing before? Yes. So that we must understand what we are saying. What are you saying that you don't know? Follow the Bible, please. Let's start from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. I must understand what I'm saying. Well, let's see what the Bible says. Say, for he that speaketh in what? An unknown song. Speaketh not unto who? Man. He doesn't speak to man. He says, but unto who? God. He's speaking to God and not men. See the next line. For no man understandeth him. You are not meant to understand it. It's a spiritual language. It's not from your mind. You're not meant to understand it. You are speaking it to God. The person you are speaking to understands it. The person you are speaking to understands it. He said, he that prays in our own tongue is not talking to men. He's talking to God. For no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. If you understood it, it wouldn't be mysteries. Somebody seen it clearly in the Bible now. It's there in the Bible. There are actually three kinds of tongues in scriptures. There are three kinds. So what happens to many people is that they confuse the three. There are three kinds, and you must learn this. The first one is this one we mentioned, that is a prayer language. This one we mentioned is for every Christian. All right? It's a prayer language. It's you are praying to God. Your neighbor must not understand. Even you don't understand it, but you are speaking mysteries to God. It's a prayer language. The second one is tongues of, um, diverse tongues for men. So this one, this second one, Happens a few times, but it happens as a sign. So this is the type, the second one I'm talking about is a tongue that other people can understand. Even you don't understand it, but other people hearing it will understand it. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So this is the type they got in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost came on them, and they said many people were hearing their own language. DJ, can you find that for me? Say many people were hearing their own language. So once in a while, even people that have had that kind of tongues, as a sign, God gives that one only when he wants to make a sign to unbelievers so when you see, if, imagine now a white person comes to your village. Imagine a white person comes to your village now, your hometown, and, and you are praying, and he begins to pray in tongues, and he starts speaking Edo or whatever your language is. And you know that there's no way this guy will know this language. Even him didn't even know what he's saying. You know, that would be a sign. In case there are people there that didn't believe in God before, they will know that, wow, this is a sign that God is true. Somebody gets what I'm saying? So it happened in Acts of the Apostles. 
It says, now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. They were shocked because that every man heard them speak in his own language. This was when they received the Holy Ghost for the first time. He said, people gathered when they were hearing them, blah, 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 blah. They came and people were now hearing their own languages. That day, 3,000 people got saved that day. It was part of the signs that they saw. That people that didn't know their language were speaking their language. So that's second kind of tongues. The third one is the gift of praying in diverse tongues. Now, this third one is talking about a message. That, this third one is the one that needs interpretation. It's actually like a gift of prophecy. So the person gives a message in tongues, either he or somebody else in the audience interprets it. It's a spiritual gift. It's different from praying in tongues. Let me, let me show you something. Um, let's read one or two scriptures to buttress the point. First uh, Corinthians 13, verse 1. Okay, no, sorry. Uh, where's that thing? Where did I write it now? It will make me enter another point. I don't want to enter. Let, let me, let me I'll, I'll explain it later, but um, let's read First Corinthians 13, verse 1. I'm just trying to show you that different kind of song. I, I don't want to, I'll read what I'm going to read later. I mean, on that point, I don't want to enter, enter my next point. He said, though I speak with tongues of men and what? Angels. So this shows us that there is a tongues of men and there's also a tongues of what? Angels. Just showing us different diverse operations of speaking in tongues. All right, let's move to the next point so that I can read the thing I want to read. The next point, I've said, okay, I've established that you don't have to understand it, right? The next point is that some people say, oh, speaking in tongues is not for everybody. So the reason why they normally say that, and that's my next point, is because they, they saw somewhere in the Bible that there's a gift, special gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation. That is true. But that's not the regular one as everyday prayer. So let's read now. So that, um, um, let's start from 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, no, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6 to 10. 1 Corinthians 12, 6 to 10. It's not for everybody. It's for everybody. It says... And there are what? Diversities of operations, but it is what? The same God which walketh in all. Next verse. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to what? Every man to profit with all. Next verse. For one, now they were describing different special gifts that is not everybody that has. So if you notice, they say for one. For one, um, it is given what? The spirit of the word of wisdom. So word of wisdom is when you supernaturally know what somebody should do. Okay. okay. The other one is what? Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is supernaturally when you know what has happened in somebody's life. Um, next verse. He said, to another, faith. Some people have the gift of faith. So they operate at a supernatural faith, not the normal everyday faith all of us should have. These people here are gifted supernaturally to do something that even they won't do on a normal day. Somebody gets in this. It's like somebody parting the Red Sea. Nobody has tried it again since that time. Do you understand? That was a supernatural move. You don't just go now. There's traffic in Todd Land. You just go down to the water and carry your car and say you part it. Do you understand? You can't just do that every day. But that was a supernatural gift of faith in operation at that time. Is somebody get what I'm saying? Okay. So that's different from all of us having normal faith. He said to another, the gifts of what? Healing. It's not all of us that have the gift of healing. There are some people that specifically have the gift of what? Healing. So all this, they were, they were trying to make it clear that these gifts here are just for a few people. Next one. 
It says, to another, the what? Walking of miracles. All right? So these are the guys. There's a guy that, used to, that they used to call Smith Wigglesworth. He used to punch people to be healed. He used to punch people. As a real puncher, he would call out people that are sick. Serious ailments, people that are going to die. And he'll be punching them. Sometimes when he punched the first one, the other one say, I'm healed. <laughs> my brother, it's okay. It's not that deep. <laughs> I'm fine. My daughter said he will be fine. Better punch. There was one guy that was seriously ill, could not breathe, breathing machine, everything. When he punched the guy, the guy fell and fainted. And everybody said, you have, the mother said, you have killed him. You have killed him. Mother wanted to fight. A few minutes after, the guy got up and was totally healed. Totally healed. So those are the gifts of miracles. One day I watched one preacher. He was doing a meeting and he just said, where are the deaf and dumb here? They all came out. Deaf and dumb came out. No, he didn't slap them. Don't worry. <laughs> That's not what I want to say. Deaf and dumb came out. And you know what the guy did? The guy just said, deaf and dumb spirit, they are the easiest spirit to cast out. Deaf and dumb. And he just said, I command all your ears open. Just open. There were people that if they were having crusade in the town, they go and bring people in wheelchair from the hospitals, confirmed, and all of them will go home without the wheelchair. So some people have the gift of miracles. That's not normal. Do you understand, guys? So they were just trying to point us different special gifts that some people have, right? He said, gift of working on miracles. Said to another prophecy. We all know that one. Said to another what? Descending of spirits. Descending of spirits is not the gift of suspicion. It's not that that woman, that old woman, the way she looks, she could be witch. She never smile. That woman never laugh. Now which? No, that one is gift of suspicion. That's not spiritual gift. <laughs> descending of spirits is when descending of spirit is that when you see people or see something manifesting, you can tell spiritually, not by suspicion. You can tell spiritually that there's a spirit involved, and you can actually identify the particular spirit. So sometimes you just spoke to spirits without nobody telling him there was a spirit involved. He communicated with the spirits. That's the sign of spirit. That time, you and the spirit will be seen like this. Even though people are there, you are seeing the spirit. You can even know his name. You can call his name. You can, so Jesus just spoke to them. Say, we are legion. We are men. They were communicating. Sometimes they'll say, have you come to show for our time? They, he was seeing them. So that's gift of descending of spirit. So those people, there are some cases we are praying about. It's not healing. It's a demon involved. And we are praying for healing. It's not going to work. But if somebody with the gift of the of spirit comes, he will know that this thing has nothing to do with malaria. Has nothing to do with typhoid. Has nothing to do with um, whatever the doctor is saying. This thing is spiritual. Because they can see the spirits involved and they will just cast it out. Are you getting this? All these are special gifts that are not for everybody. Okay. He said, to another, what? Diverse kinds of tongues. Do you see where they are listed now? This is not talking about the everyday tongues we were praying. This is, to, uh, this is diverse kinds of tongues. And now see the next one. To another word, interpretation of tongues. So this one they are talking about is somebody that prays, speaks in tongues, but it's a message. That one is for public. It's not for private praying. That one is that he can be here and he will give a, a message in tongues. And sometimes either he or somebody else in the audience that doesn't know him will just be interpreting that message. We understand it clearly the way you're hearing me now. It's a spiritual gift. It's not a gift of interpretation of language. It's not anywhere it goes. They speak French, you understand this. We know that's not what they're talking about. The person gives a message in tongues and that person is anointed or gifted to interpret it. All this is different from the everyday praying in tongues as a prayer language that they mentioned in First Corinthians, I said no man understand it. There are two different gifts. Does somebody understand that? Let's look at First Corinthians. Uh, this, same, this same chapter. Go to, um, where, which verse did we stop at? Go to verse 29. 
verse 29. It says, are all apostles, are all prophets, so they were, they were just, it's a condition of that thing, they were saying, it's not everybody that's an apostle, it's not everybody that's a prophet, it's not everybody that's a teacher, it's not everybody that works miracles, that's what they're saying, go on. It says, have all the gifts of healing, it's not everybody. They said, do all speak with diverse tongues, remember it's from the same chapter. So they're referring to that particular tongue. Is everybody that speaks with diverse tongues? No. Is everybody that interprets tongues? No. They were referring to a special gift. You can see the, where, they, where they, the group they put it with. It's not the same as your everyday praying in tongues that no man understands. Do we understand that? Okay. So there are, there are different kinds of praying in tongues. But the basic praying in tongues for a prayer language, every Christian should have it. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, he said, I wish that all of you pray in tongues. I want all of you to pray in tongues because, I, because praying in tongues will help you. All right. How many are we done now? So we have two more, yeah. Number six, five? Six, number six. Um, is it six? Okay. Okay, so number six, um, some people say, oh, um, the tongues must control me. The tongue must control me. Some people say, oh, um, you know, I, I only pray in tongue when I'm moved. You know, when I'm just moved. I can't, I'm not the one that controls it. Um, my brother, that's not how it works. You are supposed to control it. You are the just like the way you speak English. You are supposed to pray in tongues whenever you want to pray in tongues. You don't have to wait for it to move you. It doesn't just move you. The Holy Ghost is never like that. It never forces you. You need to pray in tongues because you need to pray. All right? You might not feel like it. The mistake many people make, especially when they are not mature Christians, they always want to feel like you are no more ruled by your feelings. You are now ruled by your spirits. You can do what God says you can do. Somebody getting what I'm saying? Many people want to, they want to feel like so they never do what they should do. See what Paul said, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. So you don't have to wait for it to move you. You don't have to wait for the Holy Ghost to take, take charge of your tongue and be praying with you by force. No, I don't to pray. No. You will pray. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 said, For what? If I pray in an unknown tongue, what happens? My spirit prays. My understanding is of I will pray in an unknown tongue. See next verse. Verse 15. He says, so what am I going to do? He said, I will. I will shows that it's your will. Okay? It's not the Holy Ghost coming to do it. I will pray in tongues. I will. I will. It's your will. I will pray in tongues. And I will pray in understanding also. I will sing in the spirit. And I will sing in understanding. Come on, say, I will. It's your will. Don't wait for the Holy Ghost to come and carry you. Because some baby Christians that don't want to grow, they, they never want to take responsibility for anything. So Holy Ghost, you come and do it. Just carry me up and I'm, I'm lying down. <laughs> some people do that too. Say, Holy Ghost, if I'm sleeping, and I don't want to wake up, just carry me up to the bathroom. What you're looking for is house help. It's house help you're looking for. You're not yet ready. You will pray. You can pray in tongues whenever you want to. You can open your mouth and pray in tongues. The difference is that you don't feel like at the beginning, but as you continue to pray, you will charge up. You will charge up. So it controls me. So let me see. I think I've done seven already. Okay, so I have one more. Six, I have one more. Number seven. Some people say, hey, 
for you to pray in tongues, you have to be a serious Christian. And there are too many people on, that, on this particular table. Too many people on this table. They say, Pastor, you see, in fact, this morning I just came from my boyfriend's house. I slept there. So I can't pray in tongues. I'm unholy. Praying in tongues is for holy children of God. My dear, you need to understand. Praying in tongues is for anybody that is a Christian and that desires it. Irrespective of how holy or unholy they are. In fact, praying in tongues is what will help you become holy. You must first bath before you become clean. You can't be clean before you bath. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. When you pray in tongues, what comes out of you? Living water. So if you are not holy, you say bath, you need, you need to bath. You need the Holy Ghost. The reason why you are still struggling with plenty of sin is because you don't have power. And the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost is one of the things that releases power. So no matter how carnal you are, if you are the most carnal Christian, so I still smoke, you need the Holy Ghost. When you start praying in tongues, after a while, there will be no space for cigarettes in your life. <laughs> I tried it because I was a chain smoker before I became born again. Chain smoker. Heavy one. So after I became born again, after some months or so in the Lord, one day I was just very frustrated and I said, in fact, I'm going back to smoke. No, I think it was up to a year. I can't remember now how long I was born again. So I went to, where, to somewhere I bought cigarettes. I went to hide where nobody will know me. An area where I think people don't know me that I was born again. Some of you have done those kind of things, have you? You go and sin in a way match. You know, where, where your fans and people are way match. And I lit the cigarette. And as I lit it, I took two drags. It was not flowing like before. It, didn't, it wasn't just like before. Because see, when you're already filled with the Holy Spirit, there's no space for any other spirit. No space. So after two, two drags, I threw it away and went back home. So if you are struggling with sin, you are the one that even needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost the most. You need power to overcome sin. God didn't expect you to overcome this lifestyle in your power by yourself. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Your Christian life will go to a whole new level. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, all the things you are struggling with, you will begin to gain power over them. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost and you pray in tongues, you will be like you are bathing yourself. You are refreshing yourself. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. He said, they speak with tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. So the Holy Ghost gives you utterance, you do the speaking. That's what he said in Acts of the Apostles. He said, the Holy Ghost gave them utterance, but they speak. Who speak? They speak. Not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost didn't speak. Acts 2 verse 4. DJ, let's read down before we pray today. Acts 2 verse 4. DJ, be fast. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to what? Speak with tongues, with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them what? Who did the speaking? They did the speaking. They speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Zebo drodoshata. Lasoto babrede sakatriadosa. 
Risoto bradasata kiliade soto baradisa. Barosoto baradase ke delia. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, come and pray in the Holy Ghost. Makradase ke rodo soto ko babradasata. Imalando soko baradasete. Shika babradasata liada babrodesete. Rodosoko bradasakate liabasa. Some of you can even get filled. You can get filled right now. If you're here and you don't pray in tongues, just desire it. Ask God to fill you. It can happen right now. You will just sense an utterance coming from within you. Just open your mouth and speak. Masoto barada kasata. Borodo bosota. Palakataliata barata. Liborosoto barata seketeria paborades. Oh, maradadama morodo boshata. Likosateria boradesata. Come on, come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Mahakata lahaya, lobodo kozoto kobalatika, ike baleke deria baborada sata, leborete seteria baba soto baradas, inkanala laba mumre de kadarabas. Oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Mako Naradarabama Sata Liborata Seke Diado Borobo Shamakatalia de Radasata. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Come on, let the rivers of living waters flow out of you. Let rivers of living waters flow out of you. Let rivers of living waters flow out of you. Masaka de Riadabamo Sotabai. Shikataria deseke borodosa. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. Zubaradabamo kadadadada. Libosa kadalia ke dorabasata. Iborata satabrada satariadaba. Roposoko barata satariaba. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Zika babradaba sota bahanda dadadash. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. There's just something that charges up the atmosphere when you pray in tongue. I'm telling you, the whole atmosphere becomes a spiritual ground. The whole atmosphere becomes a spiritual ground. There are too many of you, you're not tapping into what God has for you because you don't want to start to pray in the Holy Spirit. You know, desire it. You know, want it. Next Sunday, we're going to, you know, take time to pray for you. So, start, start preparing your heart. Start preparing your heart. Masoto baradisata lasata. Rosotoko baratsika taradaba. Setekeroboko soto. Ibolosoto baradasekede. Ikolobos sakadaba. Ikorobos sakada. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hey, Sakadarabamo Sata. Ikedebo Masata Radaba. Yes, 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 yes. Retebo Radabasita. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Akadarada Sekedai. Rodobokos. Yes, Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. In Jesus' mighty name. 
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Please take your seat for one minute. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.